Billie Eilish and Phineas O'Connell, they're with us today on Crew Call. I'm your host, Anthony DeLisandro. Billie's vocals, it was automatic art. You know, I had to like choose a more challenging route than just like da 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 da. You know what I'm saying? Like it could have been like easier. And a lot of people have asked me like, how did you choose to have it be so soft and like so simple? And what else was it gonna, like that's what the song wanted. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Crew Call podcast on Deadline. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Bet Rivers Sportsbook. Uh, a Tuesday show for you today. We recap wild card round. Uh, look forward to the division weekend. Uh, I'm going to be talking with Ryan Rothstein to go over all those matchups. Uh, go over this past weekend, which look, let's face it, wasn't great. Wasn't great last night. Was about as bad as any of them. I mean, that game. Uh, between the Rams and the Cardinals starts around 8.15 Eastern time and by about 8.30, 8.45, if you said, you know what, I'm tired, I want to go to bed early, uh, you could have, you didn't miss much because that was a uh, a poor performance from the Cardinals. Just, man, the scoreboard doesn't even do justice to how bad Murray was. I mean, some of the throws just going into the dirt, uh, threw a couple interceptions, could have thrown a couple more. Uh, really just an ugly performance, really a concerning performance if you're Arizona uh, and you realize that this is your franchise guy. He's supposed to be, you know, elite-ish level quarterback. He's just so little. He gets hurt, you know, in in these seasons, and he just stays hurt. He doesn't seem to recover. Remember, he had the high ankle injury, missed three weeks in the middle of the year, just never came back and looked like Murray. And with the extra game now, 17 games, uh, and, and if you want to win a, t- a title, you're going to have to play 20, 21 games. And you just you look at him, and you got to be concerned about if he can hold up. This is now three years between Murray and and Kingsbury, 20, had the stat in front of me, 21 and 22 with two ties, something like that. They're under 500. Uh, and really, the start this year where they're 7-0 and or whatever, that looks like the fluke. And it's really kind of a middling uh, team. And uh, I'm not looking to cut Murray or trade him or whatever. A lot of teams would kill to have Murray. It's just uh, if, if you want to win the whole thing, it, it's tough to watch that performance last night with Murray, who's a great athlete. I mean, could have been an all-star center fielder in baseball. Uh, he's a tremendous athlete, and when he's on, he's on. But uh, the, the idea is to win the whole thing. you, you got to look at him and, and question whether you can do that. So uh, not a great wild card weekend. The division games are awesome. I mean, let's just face it. Chiefs, Bills, Packers, 49ers, uh, even Titans-Bangles is kind of fun. Um, and, and then the Bucks and the Rams. I think you got eight teams left. Any of the eight probably could win. Now, Cincy might be a stretch. I think any of the other seven could win it all. Cincy, I think, could get there. Cincy winning the next three games is probably, like I said, a little bit of a stretch, but uh, it's a great group. It's a great uh, Elite Eight, so to speak. That's the one benefit of not really having any upsets is you get the eight best teams, and you can quibble maybe, say, the Colts or the Chargers, but these are the, these are probably the eight best teams in the league. This is a, uh, a good sort of quarterfinal here, uh, conference semifinals. I'm excited for these matchups. These are going to be a lot of fun. Just quickly on the Knicks, man, as soon as we start to give them a little credit, I've been hard on them. I don't think I've been unfair on them. I've just been hard on them ever since we started doing this podcast. I said, you know what? I know their fans are all excited. 
to me, it's kind of a middling franchise. They overachieved last year. Finally, yesterday, I said, you know what? Give them some credit. They played well. One, you know, four out of five, five out of six, something like that. They beat the Celtics that night where Barrett banks in the shot, and they really played well uh, the last, you know, 10 days or so. Beat the Hawks, had a good win against the Mavericks. Uh, they got killed at home in their own building yesterday against the Hornets. Uh, they ended up losing, I think, 97-87 was the final. We gave you the under there, so if you got that in on time, that was a winner. But just never really in the game. I mean, the Hornets got a, a big lead early and just kind of pulled away. So uh, bad job by the Knicks. They're now at 500. They just kind of seem to be yo-yoing back and forth between under 500, over 500, you know, game over, game under. Finally got their head above water, and they go right back under 500. So uh, the Knicks hit the hit the West Coast here pretty soon. The schedule's been easy, gets difficult again, and uh, they just seem to struggle against the teams that are better than them, and they, they beat the teams they should beat. They're kind of consistent uh, in that sense. But uh, that's the Knicks scenario. The Nets lose their first game without Durant. You don't really worry about them long term. You know, it, four to six weeks, not the end of the world at this time of the year. If you can get him back in a month, month and a half, and keep him healthy, you know, you'll be in good shape. But look, you're going to lose some games uh, without him. I mean, Cleveland's had a good year, really good year, uh, kind of an out of nowhere team. And I mean, Harden, Irving. It, it's a good duo. That's a really good duo. You're going to win some games, but you're not going to be the same team. You're going to lose somebody like Durant. You're obviously, you know, you're going to lose. You're going to lose something off your fastball. So, uh, not much to worry about with, with the Nets. If they drop a few spots in terms of the standings, the seeding, not the end of the world. Whether the two seed, three seed, four seed. Uh, ideally, you'd like to avoid Milwaukee as long as possible. You don't want a scenario last year where you have to play Milwaukee like you did in the second round. So, other than that, not much to worry about with the Nets. They did lose yesterday. Uh, that's the basketball. Well, obviously, we'll do more of that uh, as football winds down. But uh, look, we got four or five days here until what is a great, great Saturday, great weekend of football. Uh, Giants will keep doing their interviews here with you know these assistant GMs, the guys you've never heard of, guys I've never heard of. Uh, we'll try to make sense out of that, and then eventually they'll get a head coach. You know, whether that's Joe Judge, whether that's or I'm sorry, Joe Judge, whether that's uh, uh, Flores or one of these coordinators. Um, I don't think Joe Judge will get the job. I don't think, look, he could put his put in his resume like anybody else. I don't think he'll get the job. But uh, and whether it's one of these coordinators, whether it's one of these former head coaches, you know, Peterson, Flores, uh, Giants will hire a coach here, you'd think, within the next few weeks. Not going to rush anything, so uh, we'll keep an eye on that. But here's my conversation with Ryan. We'll talk some NFL playoffs. We'll talk some futures, NBA, MVP, all that sort of stuff. Uh, here's my conversation with Ryan. Ryan, not the most eventful wild card weekend. How did you make out in the end here? Uh, screw super wild card weekend, Will. Um, I did not do well. One, with obviously the Eagles looking like dog poo, and two, my picks weren't great. Um, so hopefully people listen to you. I think you did a little bit better than I did. Um, man, from our picks against the spread, I think I, I finished the, the weekend two and four which is not what I wanted. I, you know, going into the game last night, I was just, you know, kind of crossing my fingers, hope, hopefully finding a way to scratch and claw to, you know, three and three on my picks, which would be, you know, at least acceptable. Um, but the Cardinals were just a no-call, no-show. They, they decided not even to call out from work. They just said, uh, screw the company. We're not, we're not letting anyone know. We're not showing up. Um, man, not, not too great, but we'll get into all of it. How did you do? 
Uh, the picks were pretty good. You know, the worst feeling is I, I, a couple of the props that we talked about that I really liked. One of them I left off the board, which was Roethlisberger over in terms of attempts. I think he went way over. He's throwing it but 40-something times. And yeah. uh, one was uglier than the next. He actually put up some garbage points late. I forgot to get that one in. But uh, some of the picks were good. Uh, you know, look, whether you have a good week or bad week, you just kind of move on. So yep. hopefully people listen, made some money. You know, it's funny. In, in the Philly-Tampa game, we heard all week about the weather. It's going to be this monsoon, 30-mile-an-hour winds. Looked pretty good to me. I mean, it didn't look like there was any issues. So uh, sometimes you, know, you get in trouble here making uh, the weather part of your handicap. Same thing with Buffalo, New England. I mean, they, they, it really didn't affect. Look, it didn't affect Allen at all. I mean, they scored every time they touched the ball, they got in the end zone. So, you know, it, it's really the wind that affects these games. And, you know, sometimes these uh, these forecasts can be off. But, uh, you know, not, not a great weekend in terms of games, man. It was just really... Uh, you could blame it on the seven scenes being involved. I know we talked last week about the Colts and the Chargers. If they were in it, we'd have more of a balanced field, a, a deeper field. Uh, just kind of a disappointing week. I mean, last last night, I mean, that game started at 8.15. By 8.30, 8.45, the game was over. Uh, I blame you because you talked me into the Cardinals. So when Bet Rivers is dishing out these paychecks here in a couple weeks, uh, maybe we can have them put a little more in mine, a little less in yours, because I feel like I got bullied into taking that. I, I didn't want to sit there with no action. You know, Cardinals plus three and a half, sure, I'll take it. Division game. And boy, that was a route. That was uh, that was really ugly. I don't know what you do if you're the Cardinals. Now, I try to stay away from the hot takes and trade this guy and fire this guy. I'm not saying you, I'm not saying you, you cut Kyler Murray. Or you trade him for a seventh round pick, but I mean, you got to look at the overview here now of Kingsbury and Murray. They're kind of joined at the hip. It's been three years uh, for both of them 22, 24, and one. So uh, that really good start where they were the last undefeated team, that's looking more like the fluke now. Now you can say there's no Hopkins. Maybe Murray wasn't 100%, but that's an issue. You have to start to worry now. Can Murray, can he hold up for 17 games plus? If you want to win a Super Bowl, you got to you got to play 20, 21 games now with the extra game. Uh, can he hold up? Because, I mean, they list him at 5'10". Look, no. if he's 5'10", I'm Shaq. He is not 5'10". He looks closer to 5'6", 5'7". And, yeah. you know, he's a little dude. He doesn't have, you know, Wilson, some of these other guys can, are shorter, but they're thicker. Will, Murray, just uh, a slight guy. You know, he's a baseball player. He doesn't have that thick build. Uh, I'm curious what your take is on that and, and where you go forward here with, with Murray and the Cardinals. I, I'm, I'm back and forth, honestly, and I know that's not um... – you know, an awesome answer, but you look at this and you say, all right, sort of what you said, well, like what, what, what's the issue here? Right. Because I, I don't look at it and say, well, Kyler Murray's the issue. I, I'm not completely sold on Kingsbury. And I'm also never the guy really that says, especially with a playoff team, like the Cardinals, um, not even really a fringe playoff team in my mind, like the Cardinals have the talent to be talked about. Uh, to make deep playoff runs. Now they haven't done that, but they have the talent on the roster. It's not like they're the Eagles of this year. They're certainly a, a lot better on paper than that. But I look at Kingsbury and say, all right, his track record isn't great. But at the end of the day, he's not out there on the field. Like, yes, coaches can lose you games. Coaches can be inadequate, all, all those things. But why do we see Jekyll and Hyde a little bit with this Arizona Cardinals team? Uh, I, I think it's a little bit of everything. Like, I don't know what the root of the problem is. I, I really don't have that answer. Is Kyler Murray not the guy, right? Is he a guy that can put up numbers? He can, you know, look really good for six or seven week stretches, as you mentioned as well. And then he just can't piece it together. I, I don't know. I don't think that's it. I don't think Kingsbury's terrible. Maybe a coaching change helps him. I don't know if that's the sole answer though, Will. Um, so I, I think if you're the Arizona Cardinals front office, I mean, you have obviously these questions and I think more to try and answer. 
I, I don't know what you do. I think, I think you sort of have to make a coaching change. Maybe it's this off season. Maybe he goes in next year on a super short leash. Um, but like I said, I think that's sort of like a scapegoat quick fix attempt. Uh, and I don't know if that's getting to the root of the problem. Yeah, I mean, just in terms of betting odds, I would make him a, a favorite to return. I think, look, they'll probably just run it back. That's usually the easy answer. They made a playoff run. I mean, they made the playoffs at least. They're kind of building. You could say, well, look, we improved from last year. Now we're in the playoffs. Next year we take another step. So that's probably the easy answer to just run it back. Hopefully you keep him healthy. But definitely concerning. I mean, definitely concerning. There was a point last night where I was like, man, could you put Colt McCoy in the game? I mean, McCoy actually won a couple games when he was out. And Murray, he just he gets hurt and he stays hurt. You know, he had that ankle injury middle of the year. He just never looked like Murray the rest of the year. He he really didn't run last night, and that was uh that was tough to watch. On the bright on the positive side, I do think we have the eight best teams or, or eight teams that are mm -hmm. look maybe since he's a stretch, but I think all eight teams could get to a Super Bowl, win a Super Bowl. I mean, I think all eight teams are live. Uh, you know, people are down on the Titans, but look, they got they have the the rest. They have two home games. I think this is a great great divisional weekend and we kind of paid the price for it on wildcard weekend with all the bad games but you know sometimes you get an upset you see this in the ncaa tournament a 15 seed wins uh and it's all exciting but then you, you turn around and watch them the next day and it's just a blowout and it kind of hurts the later rounds to have upsets i think it's setting up for uh a great divisional weekend before we move on to that philly hurts uh obviously just completely outclassed that's another one the game started at 105 uh by 120, by 130, I mean, the game was over. Touchdown, punt, yep. touchdown, punt, field goal, 17 nothing. I mean, you could take a nap. You could do anything else. The game was over. That's the one thing about the playoffs uh, as opposed to the regular season. Regular season, you got, you know, seven, eight games on at a time. You could flip back and forth. Uh, there's nothing like the NFL regular season. Playoffs, if you get a blowout, you kind of got nowhere to go. You're, you're sitting stuck. there stuck in, yeah, you're stuck in there watching it. Uh, what's the takeaway with Hurts? You got three first-round picks. Uh, I, I know it, it's a divided situation. Some people love him. Some people are out on him. I've never been a fan. Where are you? Where are most people now with Hurts and, and where you go for a quarterback if you make a move here? Uh, I, I think, listen, man, I'm, I'm a little bit mad at myself um, because, you know, I am a fan and I try and I try and put that to the side. But I also sometimes don't try and put that to the side. Like I just try and be real and authentic. And, you know, going into this week, you start, I think, as a fan and just as someone following the team, trying to talk yourself into, um, you know, ways and different paths that they can keep that game competitive against Tampa and possibly even, you know, quote, shock the world and win that game outright. Um, the schedule at the end of the regular season was something that was talked about a lot, both in Philadelphia and all over the country at any time people were talking about the Eagles. And you didn't know what to make. And, and this was this was a measuring stick type of game. Like, sure, the Eagles were, were happy to be there. Um, but you still want to go into that game and, and see some positive signs and, and be competitive. And that was never the case right from the jump. As soon as that ball was kicked off, the Eagles deferred, which I thought was an idiotic move. Uh, a very minor thing. But I think you, you need to get the ball on the road as a team that runs the rock. You win the coin toss, you say, we'll set the tone, we'll get the ball. But nonetheless, I don't think that makes a difference uh, in that game. Just something that, you know, that's my two cents. If you're the Eagles right now, how can you look at that game and look at the the, the film from all year and say, yeah, we, we have the guy. We, we have a quarterback that can make the throws. I mean, he has failed to throw this team back in any game. He has failed to even be an adequate passer at any point. 
And, man, it was ugly against Tampa. Overthrows, underthrows, poor decisions, held on to the ball too long, got rid of the ball too quickly, stared down his first read, didn't go through progressions. Um, I mean, you pick anything that an adequate starting NFL quarterback needs to do as a passer, he did not do it, and he failed miserably. So here's the question now that everyone in Philadelphia is trying to figure out. Was it a sign of his glaring shortcomings or was it a 23-year-old kid first year as a starter going up against the GOAT and the defending champs in a moment that was just a little bit too big, right? That's the, those are the two sides of the argument. Now, once again, I think it's a little bit of both, right? Like, why can't it be both? Everyone tries to back you into a corner on which side are you on? I think the moment was too big and I think Jalen has some serious shortcomings if I'm Howie Roseman, the Eagles general manager, and even ownership, Jeffrey Lurie, I think you look to upgrade. That doesn't mean you move on from Jalen no matter what. Um, but if you have an opportunity to get Russell Wilson, which I don't think they will, but that's a popular name being um, associated with the Philadelphia Eagles. If you're able to get him, if you're able to get Aaron Rodgers, which I don't think will happen at all, um, then you do it. And if you feel like you really like some someone in the draft, then do it. I haven't seen that guy in this year's upcoming draft, but certainly we could be wrong on that. Um, so that's where I think they're at right now. I don't think Jalen Hurts won any of the Eagles brass over with his play against Tampa Bay. Yeah, and it's tough. I just I agree with with pretty much all that. I, I just don't think he's good enough. And, and you got to read the room too. You got to look around the rest of the league and say, even if I have a, a good quarterback, you know, Cousins, Mac Jones looks like he's going to be a good quarterback. Some of these guys are good quarterbacks. I think that's a step up from where Hurts is. Is good good enough? Because you look around, it's Mahomes and what Allen did Saturday night. I mean, the, the best quarterbacks in this league aren't good. They're superheroes. I mean, they can run. Yeah. They can throw the ball a mile. And, and that's ultimately the, the goal is to win a Super Bowl. The goal is not to, you know, sneak into a playoff spot, get a phony seven seed, beat up on, you know, the Jets and the Giants and Washington a couple times and sneak in and convince yourself that you're a playoff team. It's to win the whole damn thing. It's to hold up the trophy. And, you know, at the end of the day, you're competing against the Mahomes, the Allen, these guys, Rodgers, Brady. And uh, if that's it's what the league is now. If you don't have one of those guys, you got to get one. you got to find one and just keep digging. It's not that easy. It's easier said than done. But I think a lot of teams have to look around the league and say, man, these are some special players at the most important position. Uh, and if I don't have one, i got to find a way uh, find a way to get one. I, I couldn't agree with you more. Like, I, I made – that small point about the Eagles should have got the ball first that I, I say that because I know that Jalen can't throw them, throw them into a victory. <laughs> like, so right. if you go down seven, nothing, 10, nothing, 14, nothing against Tom Brady and the Bucks, the game's over. And, and that's exactly what happened with Philadelphia. You can't, you can't fall down. Like, you know, the, the, the fans and the people that defend Jalen say, well, look at his intangibles. He's 23 years old. He's a leader. He's mature. He's a relentless worker. I, I mean, all, all that's those true too. are great. Yeah. I can be a relentless worker, but right. uh, I shouldn't be an NFL starting quarterback. Right. <laughs> Some people can like me. Doesn't mean I should start in the NFL. Um, so that's that's the problem here. Or do you just want to be a running team? Do you want to be a poor man's version of the Tennessee Titans? Or like you said, do you want to try and be Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen and, you know, that tier of the best of the best? Yeah, I actually thought they should have put Minshew in too. There was a point that there where it became a passing game. You needed to play catch up, and that's obviously not her strength. The run game wasn't a factor. You're down 14, 17 points. You can't just run the ball and run your normal offense. You got to play catch up. I thought Minshew... Uh, was going to get a shot there. Were you surprised they didn't put him in? 
No, I'm not surprised. Um, yeah. I, I was thinking about it too, but once again, they are just they're letting Jalen either sink or swim, you know, this year. <laughs> as long as he's healthy, they're letting him have the opportunity to win them over or, um, you know, make the decision to move on. Like that's that's how it's been all year long. But I would have liked to see Minshew if you're just trying to win a game and you don't care about the the aftermath of benching Jalen Jalen in a playoff game and God forbid Gardner throws you back into that game. My goodness, Philadelphia would probably burn down. Um, so yeah, I, I I wouldn't have hated to see Minshew, but I knew that was never going to be a possibility. Yeah. All right. Wild card weekend is thankfully behind us. We got eight pretty good teams. I guess we'll start here Saturday afternoon. Bengals, Titans. Uh, the line is three at Bet River Sportsbook. Total forty seven. I'm surprised this is a little. This is this is this low. I'm not high on the Titans. I was looking to take the Bengals, but man, three. Uh, we've seen some three and a halfs. Uh, if you look around, there was actually some two and a halfs on, on Sunday when this first opened. Those got gobbled up really quick, which I can understand. Uh, I understand these are probably pretty even teams when you look at you know the metrics. The Titans are, are kind of average in terms of yards allowed versus yards gained, yards per play, all that stuff. But man, the Titans are rested. You know, Julio Jones, AJ Brown, they can kind of rest the bumps and bruises. It looks like Henry's going to be back. How effective? Uh, you know, I don't want to say he's not going to be effective because I could see him coming out and he's just such a freak. He could run for you know 80 yards on the first carry. Right. I could also see a scenario where he's not 100. Uh, percent I, I sort of lean Tennessee here. Do you have any bet, any lean in terms of this game? Yeah, I'm, I'm leaning with Tennessee, and I, I still like Cincy. You know, it's three and a half at Bet Rivers and PA. Um, I, I just think Tennessee is still getting massively overlooked here and a little bit disrespected. Like they they are well rested. They are at home. They are the number one seed, fair or foul, uh, deserving or maybe some say, you know, overrated uh, for being the number one seed. Fine. But that's that's the reality. I, I, I think the Titans win this game right now. That's my lead. I, I think it's well priced, though, at three, three and a half, um, you know, regardless of of what I think. Uh, I, I don't know if, if you're trying to price this. Wh where do you have it, Will? Good question. Uh, probably closer to four. I know people, you know, they want to root for the Bengals. They got a good quarterback, a flashy receiver, a good running back. They're kind of a trendy team. And it's just the human brain. You see this team win on wild card weekend and you kind of think, oh, that's the hot team. And it's the whole idea, you know, momentum versus rest. You know, you could say Cincinnati, they got the momentum. They got a game under their belt. They can go into this with house money. I think that's all true. Mm -hmm. You can also look into it and say, you know what? Yeah, but they, they, they're beat up. You know, Hendrickson got hurt. They had some defensive injuries in that game, which I think uh, something to monitor. Hendrickson's been a big uh, big addition for them. Uh, but in, in Tennessee, is rested. Sometimes you come out and, and you can show that, you know what? We have the momentum. We're just going to go right through the next game and, and keep it going. Or you can just kind of hit a wall and you look like a tired team. I remember uh, Vikings 49ers a couple years ago. Vikings beat the Saints. Emotional win, overtime. Kyle Rudolph catches a touchdown. Everyone picked him against San Francisco the next week. They played that early Saturday afternoon window, and they just got blown out. So uh, it can go both ways. I sort of lean Tennessee here. I, I think it's a little cheap. Haven't bet it yet. Um, yeah. I know we talked last week. It was Bengals 49ers to play in the Super Bowl is 125-1. to 1, So you know, I don't know if I'm going to hedge out of that already or just kind of double I, I kind of lean Tennessee in the game. I, I I think the price is about right, so no bets for me at this point on that game. And again, we, we should mention this is Tuesday. There's still a lot of work to be done in terms still, of, you yeah. know, going over these games. These games are all rematches except for Titans Bengals. 
uh, which is funny because all the games were rematches last week except for the Bengal game. Uh, the Titans and Bengals did not play in the regular season, so uh, we'll keep an eye on this one. No bets as of yet. Might change as the week goes on. I have a feeling it probably will. It will. I want to add a couple other points, Will, yeah. just real quick before you transition. Um, I certainly give the coaching edge to Tennessee for what that's yeah. worth. Um, the Bengals, you know, you mentioned DVOA to me off the air. I'm just reading, you know, a few different stats here. The Bengals rank 31st in DVOA on first downs in the regular season. The Titans seem to be at their best on first downs. Uh, the Bengals also played a lot better at home this year. Uh, yeah. And we saw that, you know, evident a little bit in wildcard weekend. Now they're on the road going down to Tennessee. Both of these teams played in, they're tied for the most one score wins this year. The Bengals and the Titans, they've been in a lot of close games, seven, six points or less for what that's worth. Um, both of them went four and two against eventual playoff teams. So there's a lot of of stats that you can research and, until you're blue in the face. And these teams are pretty similar. So I'll give coaching and home field and rest. I think right now, as we've said early in the week, uh, slight advantage to Tennessee. Yeah, no doubt. And both these teams kind of get a break here. When you look at the other side of the bracket, you're the Titans and you don't have to face the Bills or the Chiefs uh, in the second round. You get the Bengals, which, look, you can lose to them. You're only a three-point favorite, but that's uh, that's definitely a break. And you go back to week 17 or week yeah, – I think it was week 17. The Bengals beat the Chiefs. The Chiefs really stubbed their toe, giving up the one seed, and it really rearranged the bracket now where you got to – I think what a lot of people are going to call it de facto AFC title game – uh, with Bill's Chiefs here in the second round, which is going to be a great game, which we'll get to. Uh, all right, I, I think that's enough on that game. you have anything else, or should we move on to Green Bay and, and San Francisco? Yeah, no, I, I think that's good. I think that, you know, the, the purpose of this here is for all, just for us to look at the early week lines in the divisional round, try and have a lean early in the week, and then we can revisit it, obviously, you know, once Friday comes around. So, yeah, I'm, I'm good to move on to uh, – what should we do, 49ers-Packers here? Yeah, that's Saturday night, man. These games are good. I'm, I'm excited for these games. This is a great weekend of football. Packers yes. minus six, total 47 and a half. Uh, was the last line I saw, unless you see something different. Um, this line has gone up a little. I think that's with the injury report. Bosa obviously left the game. He's got to be cleared by an independent neurologist, which is, which is interesting. Uh, I think that's not one of these things where the San Fran doctors can say you're good to go. It's got to be an independent neurologist. Warner, the linebacker, sounds like he's good to go. He, he tweeted out that he was going to play on Saturday. Uh, the one that, that kind of got glossed over a little bit yesterday, Garoppolo appeared on the injury report, strained shoulder. Uh, he took a hit. I think it was end of the first half against the Cowboys. And, you know, he kind of winced if you were watching the game closely. Yeah. You weren't sure if he grabbed his hand, his shoulder. Didn't play well in the second half. So maybe that's why we've seen uh, Green Bay take some money. All that being said, I like San Francisco. I think they match up really well. I thought they matched up really well against the Dallas defense. The same thing applies here. Green Bay is not good against the run. I think all of Shanahan's motion, misdirection, I think all that stuff is going to work against Green Bay. Uh, the question in terms of can they win the game, can they get pressure on Rodgers, uh, that's the key because they've got some issues in the secondary. If you can block San Fran, you can move it on them. I'm not sure they can. I like San Francisco. I give them a really good chance to win the game. Uh, they've given Sam, they've given Green Bay trouble. Green Bay did beat them earlier in the year. Remember, that was that Sunday night game where Green Bay had a big lead. San Fran came back, took the lead. Uh, Rodgers goes down the field, kick a field goal as time expired. But San Fran eliminated him two years ago in the conference title game. They eliminated him in 2012, 2013. I mean, that's a while ago now. But uh, long story short, I like the, the 49ers. I think it's a great game. 
great setting here in, in Lambeau. I'm sure it's going to be freezing. I'm sure it'll be like, you know, five degrees. This is football weather. Uh, that, that actually helps San Fran. I, I know that, you know, you could say that's Green Bay's element, but uh, that helps you running the football. It's harder to throw the ball in, in those conditions. So Mylene is San Francisco. Uh, are you on the other side? Who do you like in this one? I, I think it's interesting uh, the fact that this is what we do know. Green Bay is a very popular public team. So we're talking about this Tuesday early in the week, Will. Do you, depending on what side you're on, can you see this number going up to seven? Right? Like you like the 49ers. So do you sit here and say, you know what, I hammer the 49ers now? Or do you wait and see what the public does? Uh, and maybe this line can get up to six and a half, seven. I don't know if it can get it any higher than seven. Uh, but I think that's an interesting thing to keep an eye on uh, as you play the bet it early in the week or, or gamble a little bit and try and wait and see where this line moves. Um, 49ers plus seven certainly is a lot different than six, only one point, but we know how much that matters. Uh, here's the thing. San Francisco is legit. Like uh, Kyle Shanahan and his scheme is for real. They have the best tight end in the world right now, in my opinion, in Kittle. Their run game, good luck trying to stop it. Green Bay, bottom five in DVOA uh, with their run defense. So what gives? Because you have the Aaron Rodgers who can throw the ball all over the yard at Lambeau Field. Um, right now, I, I like the Packers to win this football game. I think it's going to be a great game. Um, but for someone like me that's leaning Packers, I, I think I may need to bet this sooner than later because I'm anticipating this moving uh, in, in San Francisco's favor as far as getting more points. I, I don't know how you look at it. I think if sevens do pop up, they won't last long. I just think sharps will come in and right. grab the number with the seven. I just don't think even at six and a half, I think people will buy it up to a cheap seven mm -hmm. uh, and, and kind of hope they can get a push with, with the with the seven uh, at worst. Again, six is a key number too with with missed extra points and you know teams going for two more now. Six is more of a key number. That's yeah. one thing to watch too. Uh, I think gold, I trust Gold more than Crosby. Gold's a pretty good kicker. He's, he's accurate. Crosby's been really up and down. I don't know that we spend enough time. Uh, I'm guilty of this too. Spend enough time on the kickers because how many games? A lot of these games come down to a kick. You know, Carlson's as good as it gets. Tucker, I mean, Tucker's the best. Carlson's really good. Some of these times, it's just you know, it comes down to making a kick or missing a kick. So. Uh, I like San Fran. I think the line is about right. I actually think San Fran will take some money. I think if you if we're playing, you know, will it close over under six? I'd probably say under. I think it goes down a little bit, assuming they get a good injury report. Assuming Warner's in, assuming Bose is in, I do think the line goes down a little bit. Uh, again, if it gets like six and a half, six, you're in that teaser range with Green Bay. So, right, excited for this one Saturday night. I mean, it's it's as good as it gets. It's a it's a fun atmosphere. These teams, you know, have a lot of history history together. So. Uh, one of these teams will be moving on to the NFC title game, and they will face the winner of the Bucks in the Rams. Which is, uh, boy, you got some good storylines there. Either way, Man. you could have Bucks, you could have Bucks Packers, which would be a rematch of the title game last year. Same setting, uh, Brady versus Rogers again. That would be great. Or you could have Brady versus Garoppolo in the title game. You know, the mentor versus the understudy. That would be great. But uh, Bucks minus three versus the Rams. Total 48 and a half. These teams met earlier in the year. This this was also a week three matchup. Both NFC games are matchups from uh, rematches from week three. Uh, Bucks won that game. I'm sorry, the Rams won that game. 34-24 in LA. It was actually 34-17 late. I think Tampa got a, a late touchdown, but uh, both teams averaged over six yards per play. Uh, we're seeing Tampa minus three, 48 and a half. I think this is a little cheap. I like Tampa. There were actually some two and a halves. I wish I got those because I, I would be all over 
Uh, Tampa at that number. I still like him at three. Uh, where are you at with this game? Uh, I'm all over Tampa. I'm all over Tampa. I'm, I mean, I have not been shy about my um, disdain with Matthew Stafford. I just think he's he's a little bit overrated here with the L.A. Rams. They, listen, when this team looks good, they look unbelievable. And we saw that last night, Monday night against the Cardinals. Um, they're either great or you're either scratching your head going, well, where's Please don't bring up the Cardinals game again. We, we're already over the Cardinals game. I don't want to think about that game. We don't have to talk. Can we edit that part out? I don't want to think about that, talk about that game. You may, you may continue. My point is here, you look at what, what the Rams did down the stretch, and, and that's cause for concern for me. I don't look at that game last night and say, all right, well, the, everything we saw over the stretch of seven, eight uh, weeks and to end the regular season goes away. Um, I, I just do not believe in this LA Rams team. I don't believe in their run t- uh, their run game either. And once again, the run game looked really good uh, in, in the wild card weekend. But does that carry over? I don't, I don't know if it does. They didn't have a ton of success this year against playoff teams outside of, sorry, well, the Cardinals. Um, so I, I'm, I'm all over Tampa Bay. I, I think this is going to be a good game. Um, but I think Tampa Bay is certainly able to get the win and they're certainly able to get the cover. So I'm, I'm all over Tampa. I think that's not changing at all. Yeah, let's let's go through the same exercise. Where do you think it closes? Do you think the hooks start coming? I, I would think the three and a halfs are coming. I, I would think it closes three and a half. I think the threes are cheap. So I yep. would say if you like Tampa, you, you get it now. Looking at the money line, where there's some some 152s on the money line. Let me take a, a second here while I get a little 152 on the money line. That is not bad. <laughs> That's not bad at all. No. One second. Yeah, minus I have it at uh, Bet Rivers and PA for the listeners minus one fifty five plus one thirty six for the Rams. Pretty cheap. You don't have to get involved with the three. You don't have to have a scenario where uh, you know you miss an extra point and it ends up a weird score. You know, a, a twenty eight yeah. twenty six or whatever. You can just kind of relax and then if you want to put a little more on the money line and figure the line's going to go up, play that game and you, you hopefully get a three and a half. You can buy back on three and a half and, and shoot for a middle, which I think uh, is not a bad strategy to be honest. Yeah, certainly, certainly some value and opportunity right now early in the week, Will, on uh, Bucks money line. And even if you're just looking at it against the spread, as we've detailed already, uh, Bucks minus three. I think now's the time to just grab it early in the week and avoid any type of movement or, or regret. Um, let's, let's talk about Josh Allen and the Bills as they're now traveling to, to Arrowhead. Another good game, man. I mean, as you mentioned already, every single matchup here is, is a great one. Uh, Bills, I don't know where, but right now, Bet Rivers and PA, the Chiefs, two point favorites at home. Money line minus 129 for Kansas City, plus 114 for the Bills. The total, the highest of the divisional round weekend right now at Bet Rivers and PA, set at 55. Um, so they're expecting some fireworks in this matchup. Josh Allen. Looked really good in wildcard weekend. Buffalo looked really good. We talked about them a little bit last week, and I, I felt like Buffalo was a team that could possibly make a run. Now they have a tall task going into Kansas City, um, being asked to, to outscore Patrick Mahomes in that offense or, or try and limit them. Uh, I'll, I'll give you the, the baton here to, to start us off. How are you looking at this matchup? Yeah, it's funny with the Chiefs game, that was 7 nothing. because remember we talked about Chiefs first half, minus 7, 7.5, and, and I'm thinking I'm dead. I'm laying 7. Uh, it closed 7.5 in terms of the first half. It's 7 nothing. Steelers, 6 minutes left in the half. Touchdown, stop, touchdown, stop. It's 21-7. It, it was 42-7 before you can blink. It was really 
Uh, the Chiefs are just kind of playing with their food for a while. Great matchup. I mean, this is a rematch of the, the AFC title game from last year. If you remember, the Bills got up 9 nothing. really had a chance to kind of put them away. They just couldn't, and, and KC stormed back and just uh, really dominated the game from that point on. Allen did not play well. I think if you can pressure Allen, and that's going to be the key to the game, can the Chiefs pressure Allen, uh, play zone behind it, and really force him into some pressure, some bad throws? I think it's going to be one of those games where, you know, first team to punt, first team to kick a field goal loses because it's just going to, I, I expect a shootout. I would look for the over here. I think that over is cheap. I think that over will go up. I could see it closing, you know, 56, 57. Um, I really think this is like a 34, 31 type of game. I actually like the Chiefs. I think you're going to, people are going to react to the last thing they saw. Look at the Bills. They're mm -hmm. a super team, you know, uh, a superhero performance uh, against the Patriots. You can't play any better. There's a reason there's only one guy in history to throw two no-hitters in a row, uh, Johnny Vandermeer. It's hard to play perfect two weeks in a row. It's hard to you know throw your A-plus game two weeks in a row like that. And going into Arrowhead, look, you get if you're betting the Chiefs, it, it's basically a coin flip game. You got the coach. You, you like probably Andy Reid in, in this spot more. The quarterback, home field, that, that is a tough place to win in Arrowhead. Uh, I like the Chiefs. I, it's just hard for me. I know it's probably square. It's just hard for me to go against Mahomes. Uh, now, again, if, if the line's four, you can go against anybody. You can bet against Bama. You can bet against Bill Belichick. These, these, this idea you can't bet against a certain player or coach, I don't buy that. But in terms of just like when it's a pick'em game in Kansas City, I have a hard time going against Mahomes. Uh, what are your thoughts? Uh, I, I think we know, you know, to your point, I think we know what, what the Kansas City Chiefs are more so than the Buffalo Bills, right? That would certainly be fair to say. Yeah, and I mean, I just think the Bills kind of have to knock them off to do it. They, they've played them close in regular seasons. They beat them earlier this year in the regular season. Until they do it in the playoffs, I kind of just got to see it before I, I believe it. Yeah, no, I, I, I get that. I mean, minus two, we talked about the Tampa Bay Bucks uh, taking them as a three-point home favorite, money line minus 155. Why not just copy and paste that that philosophy here and, and screw the two? Uh, money line right now at Bet Rivers and PA minus 129. That's certainly not a bad price riding with Mahomes, Big Red, that entire Chiefs team uh, you know, in Arrowhead. Um, I think that makes sense. As much as I'm a fan of Buffalo, uh, and I still view them as a little bit of a sleeper, I think a lot of people can can deem this game the, the AFC title game, right? The winner of this game, even if they go on to play Tennessee, uh, certainly has a really good chance of representing the, the conference in the Super Bowl. Uh, I'd probably look to, to bet the, the Chiefs' money line right now early in the week, especially at that price, you know, a little bit less than minus 130. Yeah, and Mahomes, I mean, this is the most obvious thing anyone's ever said on a podcast. Mahomes is just so damn good. I mean, he's in that kind of LeBron territory, Mike Trout territory, where you just, he's so great and he's so consistent, where you just kind of take for granted how great he is. I mean, he does things the other night. I mean, it's third and 20 near midfield right around uh, the end of the first half. And he just, you know, flick of the wrist right on the money to Kelsey. I mean, it's amazing. he'll do something once in a while. I mean, he'll throw a sidearm pass and gets picked off. And, you know, he's not perfect. Nobody is. But, That's what man, makes him he's great. just so damn good. And he can run. It seems like he can run for 12 yards whenever he wants. Uh, the Allen rushing prop I think we talked about last week was, was a winner. I think on the first or second drive, I, that would be another one where – uh, I would look at the over. I don't know what that's going to be this early in the week. I'm sure they'll juice it up after how much he ran last week. But that's a big weapon for the Bills. I mean, it's just hard to stop uh, You know, him in terms of his legs. He's got digs. He's got the deep ball. Uh, you can only take away so much. So an Allen rushing prop is de definitely going to be one I'm looking for. I'm just so excited for this game. I mean, this is, this is 630 on Sunday. 
you know, it's tough. It's kind of depressing. We don't get any football. We're done with football Sunday at one o'clock. It's, there's no more. This game uh, on the East Coast, the early game is three o'clock, and then uh, and then six thirty, which is man, it's it throws off the routine a little bit. You wake up Sunday morning, you go over your picks, your bets. You know, you check the lines in the regular season. You check fantasy. And then before you know it, it's twelve thirty. You're, you're itching for one o'clock, and, and before you know it, it's there. It's it's a long wait till three o'clock when it's uh when it's the division round. Um, I, I want to ask you this here: What is if you have to make one money line underdog pick early in the week? You know, without either of us doing much much research, we're we're sort of doing like live instant reaction to all of these lines together, initial thoughts together here. Well. Um, but if we have to make one underdog money line pick, who would it be? I, I <laughs> this may seem like a boring cop out type of answer, um, but I'd, I'd probably go Bengals plus 158 right now money line to go into Tennessee and win that game uh, outright as the slight three to three and a half point dog. That would be my pick if you're backing me into a corner. What what would be yours? I like the 49ers. I think there's a scenario where they go in there. It's cold. It's hard to really throw the ball efficiently, and it just becomes, you know, an old school kind of run game. And I just could see a scenario where San Fran just gashes them in the run game. I think it's a good matchup uh, in terms of that for San Francisco. I really like. I really like the 49ers. And you mentioned the Chiefs and how it's so difficult to bet against them. I've compared them in the past. Well, I'm curious to get your thoughts on this uh, comparison to the Golden State Warriors yeah. and and Steph Curry. Like <laughs> so many comparisons with it. Yeah, there's it, it's yeah. so perfect because they have the same, you know, habit where they'll get lazy in a game and they're down, you know, the Warriors will be down nine. You know, oh, they're not playing well. You next thing you look up and they hit you with, you know, a lot of teams go on an 11 2 run or a 12 3 run. These, they hit you, you know, the Chiefs hit you with a 42 nothing run. The, those prime Warriors teams, they hit you, you know, after the half with a 30 to 4 run. I mean, the, these yeah. runs are like avalanches. Uh, and, and there's a lot of, a lot of truth to that comparison where, you know, they can sleepwalk through these games for a little bit and then they just flip the switch and, you know, they go by you like you're standing still. Yeah, I think it's just, it's scary. It, it's scary to bet against the Chiefs, uh, especially in the, in this type of spot, uh, divisional round at home where the price is, is pretty favorable. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think it's hard to bet, to bet against the Chiefs. I would say the Bengals are my one underdog pick. If I had to make one, you're going with the 49ers. Uh, going into Lambeau after the 49ers. Listen, they looked really good. Um, all of these matchups are going to be exciting and a ton of storylines for each of them. Uh, is there anything in the futures market in the NFL, Will, that we want to maybe touch on or that you want to touch on before we uh, maybe talk some NBA? Before we get no, out of I here? think we're good. I think we talked last week about Bengals 49ers was 125 to 1 to be the Super Bowl matchup. That looks pretty good. That's come way down. Uh, 49ers Bills was 60 to 1. That's come way down. I think that's 20 to 1 a lot of, of, a lot of places uh you know if you're a, if you're a 90s if you're a kid in the 90s you remember chris berman used to pick i think the 49ers and the bills to be in the super bowl pretty much every year so that would be like a kind of a, a 90s nostalgic super bowl that would be a fun one and a, a profitable one if you took the the 60 to 1 on that one so you know it's tough this late it, it's pretty much game to game you can kind of parse out the money line so it's really hard to find uh the value in terms of those or anything that's caught your eye or not really um, nothing really that we haven't already talked about, Will, honestly. Um, you know, I'm, I'm ready to, to switch gears here before we, we say goodbye to everyone on this episode. I'm ready to switch gears to, to some NBA uh, because I, I have something to pat myself on the back on a little bit here. I don't have, you know, a ton of opportunities to do that. So can you give me the floor to uh, talk myself up for a second? 
you bet Embiid 50 to 1 like a month ago and you want to take your victory lap. I didn't realize they paid out for, for when, every time the odds move. Can you cash that ticket out? You want to put it on prop swap? <laughs> yeah, man. Prop swap it, baby. You can Come pay on, me back for talking me into move, the Cardinals. It feels like I've already won the bet. What, you got it at 50 to 1, right? Yes. Durant getting hurt opens things up. Yeah, I know. I mentioned LeBron at like 60 to 1 a month or so ago. Like anytime LeBron's 60 to 1, he's probably not going to win it. You just, here's the thing with these MVP markets, you kind of have to make the move before something happens. You know, Morant has a great, you know, two or three weeks and people rush to bet him MVP. It's like, ah, you're already too late. You got to, you got to, got to get the move before the move happens. Yep. Uh, now Durant being out, he's, he's probably not going to win the MVP. I don't know that it's a big deal in terms of the title. As long as he's back in six weeks, yep. you know, it's no big deal. You don't really trust the Nets. To stay on the court, whether it's Harden, you know, pulling a hamstring, or Kyrie's always up to something. Durant's had injuries. These guys have all had injuries. You don't trust them really yeah. to stay on the court. So I don't like their value to win it all. But I, it makes it interesting in terms of MVP. Curry's the favorite. Uh, Giannis is right there. Giannis is having another great year. Jokic is having another great year. Uh, is there anything you like now in terms of a sleeper? Is, is I think Embiid is what fifteen to one, something like that. He's he's down to twelve to one at Bet Rivers Ooh. here in PA. Will. Um, it's here's another thing like you mentioned well you missed the boat you know after a couple of weeks of john morant maybe being on fire and and i agree with that and just to add on to that a little bit you have to factor in really in in the nfl as well nba you have to factor in the the bs narrative from the voter standpoint and i think it's more relevant in the nba than any other sport here where it's all right whose air quotes whose turn is it to win yeah. the mvp this year because Here's how I look at it. Uh, they're not going to give it to Giannis again just because. And I think that's idiotic, but that's how the voters think. Um, you know, barring injuries and some other extreme factors, they're not going to give it to Jokic again. So, and Durant's hurt. And I think those, all the guys on the Nets there, they just really care about the playoffs. Can they get healthy uh, and be a cohesive unit when the lights are on, once the playoffs start? So I don't love KD and his value, especially with an injury. Then you have Joel Embiid. Right. So I think it's going to come down to Steph Curry. This is Steph's award uh, and, and Joel Embiid. He's 12 to one. I still think there's some value. But, man, I, I it's hard for me to say that with a straight face after literally uh, me bringing it up to you. I think maybe 10 days ago where Embiid was down to 40 to one from 50 to one. Uh, and now he's all the way down to 12 to one. Listen, there's still value there. If you think he can uh, dethrone Steph right now, 12 to one certainly isn't bad, but. If you're looking at it from where he was, it's it's hard to ignore that. I mean, anyone else sleeper-wise, like you said, yeah, I guess you can't ever rule out LeBron, but, man, they have a lot of work to do. Yeah, if we they're want to just talk not about good it. enough. Yeah, the team's yeah. not good enough. That's the one thing, too. You, you mentioned the the narrative. It, it also, part of the narrative is the team. It's somewhat of a team accomplishment. Very rare that you get an MVP that's not – you know, a top two seed last year was a little different. I don't think, I think the Nuggets were a three seed. That's even unusual. Yeah. Westbrook, the year he won it, he just, people got enamored with the triple double. So he won it, but usually it's the best player on one of the two best teams. So yep. that kind of eliminates some of the candidates that still makes him beat a bit of a long shot. Now it's not, it's not written in stone. I think you're getting a younger uh, media in terms of the NBA where they're not as married to that idea. So maybe that opens up a little bit. I'm just going down the list here. Luca sixty to one. They haven't played terribly lately. Uh, Booker and Paul. I mean, the Suns are uh, you know have a really good record. Could Booker Paul eighty to one? Are either of those guys can they jump up and steal the award just as a numbers grab there, where you sure, try and get the ahead Suns of the are, next move? They're you know, number when you one. You get a couple in the West. injuries. Yeah. 
<laughs> and who knows, maybe a couple of these top guys get hurt. And the thing we've learned, especially in football, you know, you, you look at these awards beginning of the season, mid-season, um, and it's somewhat, oh, this guy, it's his award. Well, these things change, and they change quickly. Remember, Belichick was a lock coach of the year. Mac Jones was a lock rookie of the year. Yeah. And then, you know, a couple things happen. A couple of weeks go by. You know, teams lose a game, an injury here, and, and all of a sudden this thing has a, has a way of turning upside down. So I would look way down the board. Maybe one of the Suns guys at 80-1, to 1, I, I guess, would be uh, worth a shot. Mitchell at 100-1, to 1, probably not going to win it. Uh, DeRozan at 35 to one. He he's had a great year. I don't know that he can win it. I mean, he's had an unbelievable year. Unbelievable um, year. They're really number one in this the game East. too. Yeah. I mean, I I don't know. I mean, the Bulls even just to come out of the East right now uh, are 11 to one at Bet Rivers. Uh, the 76ers are 10 to one, but the 76ers have better odds and and they're in sixth place right now. The Bulls have the number one seed in the Eastern Conference. If they're able to carry that into the spring. And DeMar DeRozan's still able to average close to 30 points a game. Yeah, I don't know. I, I, I don't know if the Bulls can sustain this, but right now they're an interesting uh, topic of conversation in the futures market. Yeah, I'm with you on all that. I would just like a little more than 35 to 1. I feel like it's such a long shot that, you know, maybe 50 to 1, 80 to 1, I want to get involved. I would just, yeah, yeah, I, I would be looking for something just, just to kind of buck the buck conventional wisdom here and to me the sun's guys at 80 to one are worth a shot maybe luke at 60 to one uh if you're really looking for for something that's out there that being said curry's probably going to win the award although he has not shot the ball well i mean he's really been in a slump big time the last month ever since that he was going after that record remember he started to shoot a lot more i don't know if that had a lot to do with it you know sometimes like these these baseball players that go to the home run derby it, it messes up your swing i don't know if if that's what happened with curry or it's just you know, there's not enough around him on offense where these teams are just swarming him, and it's hard for him to get his shot off. Uh, you know, he's also getting up there in age too. He's he's early 30s. You, you figure, you know, that little bit of quickness, that agility, just to get your shot off. It, eventually, that's going to go away. Now he's going to be able to shoot it until he's 80. But that that quickness matters, even when you're a little guy. That quickness in in, in order to get space, that's going to catch up to him at some point. It's uh, obviously, he's still a great player. Yeah, it, it's definitely important, but. Yeah, I guess one of the Suns guys at 80 to 1, but uh, you're looking good at your 50 to 1, so I'm rooting for you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, uh, for a bet that has not hit yet. I'm certainly being cocky, <laughs> but it, it, it is interesting just to see those how those odds moved, um, and they're going to continue to go up. Like, uh, you know, a week or two from now, if Embiid's able to continue this production, we're probably going to be talking about him at, you know, plus 450, 4 to 1, right behind Steph. Uh, in the MVP discussion. You also can't ignore it when talking about Steph's struggles a little bit. I mean, Clay Thompson really just returned. I think he's only four or five games in, but working him back into the mix, everyone you know, is quick to say, oh, Clay's coming back, watch out. No, that's, that's going to be a process. There's going to be a lot of growing pain there incorporating yeah. him back into the lineup. Yeah, it's, it's tough with the NBA. I'm having a hard time. I love the playoffs, man. This season's just so long. You know what it is, too? It's... We had the bubble season from August to October, middle of October of 2020. Then like a, a six-week off season, we started another season. Then we had, you know, the season ended ended July for the finals, you know, Bucks and Suns. And then we had a couple months, then another season. It feels like we just jammed three seasons into two here. It does. So it's really, I mean, the 82 games, it's a lot of games. Uh, again, the NBA playoffs are awesome. It's a lot of fun. But to me, the season, this, this time of year, yeah, the season just kind of drags a little bit. What, what were your thoughts? I'm completely all over the place here with this question, but the um, the call where they called the timeout 
uh, after the ball was thrown. Why am I blanking on on that game? The Bengals Raiders game. Uh, yeah, Bengals Raiders, where they throw the ball there, and they're they have twelve guys on the field. Uh, they're trying to get the twelfth guy off. They're trying to get set. The corner, I uh, forget his name, notices it, calls the timeout. Uh, that was something we've never seen before. What were your thoughts on that? Yeah, I thought Bengals Raiders was just a, a really an embarrassment for the league. We've seen the refs really. <laughs> just get involved in some of these games you're like what is going on i mean the, the league there's so much money that goes into the league the league is partners with gambling now i mean they got to do a better job uh, officiating the games now it's probably going to be a touchdown anyway but look you blow a whistle you blow a whistle it, it's supposed to be the rule uh again and I, it's it's been bad for the league at times and i've noticed this thing now where uh sometimes they don't even challenge things they have this replay review in, in new york where they'll buzz down and they'll tell them not to review it or they'll say they reviewed it in new york and they don't make a team use a challenge but they, it's not all the time nobody's properly explained that like the mechanics of that of when that happens when new york gets involved i know turnovers and touchdowns are automatically reviewed but uh have you noticed that too where, where i think it happened last night where uh you know somebody buzzed in their ear and said oh well they they reviewed it they looked at it we're good to go that's a new development that's very strange to me yeah i don't get it i honestly i i don't get how a lot of it works and i i, I think it's clear a lot of the officials don't right? right like so many of these new rules are like objective um where it's not black and white and it's hard for them to to make a, a quick call on the spot and yeah, I, I can't tell you, like, when does it go to New York? When do, does New York override it? When do they need to check it? Like, it just feels like um, the CBS guys were talking about this, so I'm stealing a thought or two from them because I, I, I completely agreed. Uh, it, it just feels like we have more technology as the viewer at home than the refs do at the game on the field. It's like, why is it taking them so long? We have a million different angles. We have a million different camera shots, and it's because of some BS you know, uh, line in the rule book that's limiting their ability to make the right call. It's stupid. Right. Yeah. I think replay's really gotten out of hand. I remember when it first started, it was supposed to be, you know what, when it's obvious, when it's a huge call, you, you're supposed to be able to look at it in 20, 30 seconds. All right. We missed the call. You know, he's out, he's out by a foot in baseball. He's out by a foot. We call them safe. He's out. Yeah. It's not supposed to be, you know, we dissect it down to the millimeter, where you know the ball, uh, you know, hit a fingertip, and we look at it a hundred different times, and we we it, that's not the idea of it. The idea of it is to correct the egregious calls. I mean, there is something. It's still an entertainment product, and, and there's you know pace of the game. There's there's enjoyment of, of viewing. So, you know, the worst is uh, they'll review a touchdown for like you know two or three minutes, and they'll overturn it, and it'll be first and goal with the one. And, and then you spend five minutes looking at a play, and the next play you're just gonna hand it off and run it in anyway. I mean, it's right. not. We're not investigating a murder here. It's still it's still a football game. It's not you know it's not a crime scene. So it's definitely over the top. I don't know how we you know we go backwards. I don't think that we do. It just seems like we have more and more replay, which would be fine if they always got the calls right. But they still get calls wrong. So yeah, I'm kind of out on replay. I think it's uh it's lost its purpose a little bit. Yep, I couldn't agree with you more here, man. All right, I think we solved all of the world's problems. We hopefully we gave out some winners. We did NBA, we did NFL. Uh, anything else you got? Or are we good to go? No, man. I mean, I, th I think we we covered it all. We recapped Wild Card Weekend a little bit. We gave out our early week divisional round picks. We talked some NBA. Uh, I got to pat myself on the back. I mean, we we did it all today, man. Yeah, we got to find some stuff to bet tonight. I mean, college basketball. There's two NBA games. It's it's tough now. No football in the middle of the week. It's definitely a shift. You know, all year you have college football during the week or, you know, bowl season. 
uh it's definitely the last week or two it's uh it's a little bit sobering on a tuesday wednesday night you're kind of flipping around and it's it's regular season college basketball it's nba uh it's definitely that that time shift where you know you start to once com once the conference title games are over it's really it's only one football game left you start to count down to you know the ncaa tournament conference tournaments and college basketball and Hopefully baseball season. Hopefully we don't miss any spring training. I don't know that that's realistic. It, it doesn't sound good. Uh, you know these these have these sides have a, a way of dragging things out until they really need to, to get a deadline. It sounds like we'll probably uh, you know miss some games. I think that's probably the favorite at this point. But uh, enjoyed it, man. Good luck this week. We'll we'll talk again soon. Thanks for coming on. Absolutely, man. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to Ryan Rothstein. Always enjoy the crossovers. Hopefully we uh, we put our two brains together and, and help make you some money. Uh, we'll be back on Thursday to give you some more picks. We'll, the props will start to come out. So uh, it's all football now. It, it, it's, it's winding down. we got to enjoy it every last second we can here uh, with only a handful of games left. You think you get four games this weekend, two next weekend, conference title game, and then the Super Bowl. So uh, seven lonely games left in this NFL season. We'll go through it all on Thursday. Uh, we'll talk to you guys then. Infinity presents a new chapter in luxury. The premiere of the all new 2025 Infinity QX80. Live March 20th from the edge at Hudson Yards in New York City. Featuring a performance by John Batiste. The all-new 2025 Infiniti QX80 is an SUV designed to help every passenger feel just right. Be the first to see it March 20th at 7 p.m. Eastern, only on iHeartRadio's YouTube channel. Save the date at new-qx80.com. Don't miss it. 2025 QX80 coming this summer. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough introspection that I learn something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast.